This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Kate Northrup is in the house and I am really, really, <laughs> really excited about it. Hi. Hi. Um, I don't even really know where to start because I read your book, Do Less. I don't know. I think it, uh, I had my son in 2017 and your sister, okay. Ann Mahler, who's a beautiful singer and entrepreneur and human being. I mean, she's really incredible. She sent me your book. Really? Yes. That's. Aww, she thanks, said, Annie. Oh, my God. Isn't that the best when yeah. your sister loves she's, you like that? My sister is um, she's like an angel incarnate. I was going to call her an oracle. Yeah, she is an oracle and she's also like my biggest fan and she's so sweet. Yeah, she really is something special. So she sent me your book right after I had my son. Wow. Do less, which is like, oh my God, is that the best mantra ever? I know some people find it very irritating. Why? (laughs) Why would anyone find that irritating? Because we're so um, conditioned that we have to do more mm-hmm. and that our worth it, that our value is in doing more and then people like really get off on being so busy and then people are actually busy with a lot going on sure. and so they just read the title do, do less and they find it very triggering and they're like easy for you to say i can't do less the whole oh. world revolves around my you know is on my shoulders and whatever and so you know i actually it's really... not been welcomed by everyone uh well it was it was welcomed by <laughs> <I'm> me <glad. laughs> It was welcomed by me because I just think I actually if you read the book. okay, so like so don't judge a book by its cover, because if you read the book and the whole point of it is how can you be more productive? How can you be more of service in your life? How can you enjoy this world? How can you manage your stress in a way that's not overwhelming? Mm -hmm. So it's not like do less and be just like a sack of shit on the couch. No. It no is not about being on the beach, like drinking Mai Tais. So sometimes. All the time. <laughs> Just sometimes. Sometimes it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I loved your book. And uh, and I've been taking your course, Relaxed Money, mm. which has been, I it had nothing to, this has nothing to do with money, this, this one comment, but um, I've had a very busy week. And touching base with that course has been really, really, really helpful for me because you, unlike a lot of people who do talk about money, you're not talking about it in terms of mindset. It's actually, um, it's almost, well, it's, it's nervous system work, which we haven't talked about on this podcast. And it's something that is newer to me. I have a polyvagal coach for performance. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I haven't ever been able to like really articulate what that work is and we have the expert here so can you do it i mean i can't i can't articulate what polyvagal work is Mm -hmm. but i can talk talk about the nervous system in general and like polyvagal theory is like a subset yes but how does okay so how does nervous system work even relate to money abundance savings how you spend etc Well, it relates to everything. So basically the nervous system is a system of our body that's like basically like the basement, right? So if you, so every system of our body is dependent on what's going on with the nervous system. So our immune system, our endocrine system, our digestive system, every single system is linked into what's going on with the nervous system. Mm. So the nervous system is this foundational sort of like the soil Mm. of your, of your body, of your whole well-being. And our nervous system is this network of, uh, nerves, obviously. (laughs) 
and it's connected. It's a system mm-hmm. uh, of nerves. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's connected to our brain, our spinal cord, and all through our body. And it makes all these micro adjustments without us having to think about things. It essentially are, is keeping us alive. So mm-hmm. great. It also fundamentally is impacting like the vast majority of our behavior. And so we think we're making all these conscious decisions with our prefrontal cortex, which is like our conscious brain. Mm. Um, But actually what's happening is we have nervous system imprints and nervous system imprints. So our nervous system develops in our, you know, our formative years, basically like before the age of seven, although there's some really interesting data specifically from uh, Gabor Mate Mm. in his book. What's this book called? The um, normal one? The myth of... The myth of normal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> About how so... I've read all of them. I'm just like... Oh, how it's so much e- is even pre-verbal and like maybe even before we've even been born. So there's a whole bit and we can talk about the different layers. But... I mean, no no pressure, guys, uh, who are parents, by the way. I know. Because the good news is there there are things... It's plastic. It's like, plastic. It's all changeable. Yeah. So, I just always like to... Yes. Up front. Exactly. So the, all these nervous system imprints, it's, it's like we have a thermostat setting and the environment in our childhood sets the thermostat setting. Did you ever read um, Psycho-Cybernetics? No. Um, or the, the Big Leap? The but, Big Leap, yes. Yeah. So it yes. talks... They talk 100%. about this. 100%. But Gay Hendricks doesn't talk about the nervous system. And I really appreciate that you do because... I freaking love Gay. He's like such a rock star. Yeah, yeah. but you're like rock star times 10 because... Just added, we all like, we bring in our yeah. own layer. I really appreciate right? what you're doing because what they say, what Gay Hendricks says in that book, The Big Leap, is that, sure, we we have what's comfortable for us. What's comfortable right. for us is what we know. Right. And what we know is, for many of us, uh, the status quo isn't where we want to be. So yep. we have to take that big leap forward and it can be quite uncomfortable. Yes. We have to sort of bust through. I'm, I'm oversimplifying. But you yeah. give tools on how well, to do that. And like it's even like it's tricky talking about – I mean, again, I'm a huge fan of The Big Leap. So this is like yeah. all – And also it was written a while ago. All enthusiasm. And in order to make those leaps and like quote unquote bust through – and not go back into contraction, there's actually a specific way to do it. So that these thermostat settings are like based on the amount of joy or abundance or mm. safety or calm that was kind of the room tone in our home growing up. And that is what our nervous system downloads or like imprints as normal and therefore safe. Yeah. And so what is familiar is noted as safe. And then anything that is unfamiliar is noted as unsafe, according to the nervous system. Now, of course, all of our dreams and desires are generally in the unfamiliar. Yeah. I mean, which is why we sabotage ourselves. I know. (laughs) I know it so well. Um, It's funny because last night I was, you know, in front of thousands of people singing my favorite (gasps) music. Yeah. That's so exciting. And my nervous system was like, danger, 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 danger. I mean, this is why public speaking is like worse than the fear of death. Uh huh. I mean, I, I, and we do it all that we do it anyway because mm-hmm. the ah, I don't know because the thrill is really thrilling. the thrill is good. Yeah, but how do we do it without the crash at the other end? Right. Yeah. Et cetera. How and do we do it and make it our new make it normal. our new normal or like expand those edges so we can use um, a, a a a tool or like a whatever called titration where mm. we do just like a little bit. We notice an edge. So it's like, okay, 
well, what would be really make me feel like I'm going to die is singing in front of 3000 people. Right. Yes. And so like you've done a lot of performance, so that's probably not going to make you feel like you're going to die completely. Like it's not out of the realm and you did it and it was awesome and you felt a rush. Totally. Right. But like probably there would be something that at this point would not be something that you could go all the way. Like what's an example of something that you're like, okay, this so is maybe close to my desire, but it also makes me feel like I want to die. Um, I, I, uh, I not want to, I'm going, to. I'm going to, <laughs> right. or am dying. Yeah. Right. Or <laughs> it's am a real dying. Feeling. Yeah. It's a very real feeling because and according to your nervous system, being out of the norm, being in the unfamiliar is death. It, like so, it's so fundamentally survival strategy. Uh, uh-huh. So, um, I've been on TV a, uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use every time I can feel my whole heart inside my throat um in those first few moments mm, mm-hmm. because i want it there's also a um a level of wanting that can feel like i want this so badly and that's overwhelming yeah totally so, yeah. yeah and so i mean for some of it is like just repetition makes it meal for mm-hmm. feel, feel more safe mm. but the other thing that we can do like when it comes to personal development so much of more of the old school personal development is like flooding the system so it's like it's like going all the way to like let's say somebody's afraid of um right you know public speaking like the 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 leader of the workshop will like pull them up on stage and have them talk in front of 3000 people, which for people who are survivors of trauma, where they didn't have scenarios where they had consent at will, right? This is at will, about it's it. all about this. feeling like you have a say and you have agency and you have choice. So when you are working with someone who has not had a history of feeling like they have consent and choice, doing that in a high pressure scenario can be really re-traumatizing and can yeah. send people into contraction and mm. it's not it's not nervous system informed. Mm. It's not trauma informed. And mm-hmm. so there are ways that we can work really more gently so that we slow down to speed up. Which is what you're doing with this money course. So um, Marty, she's one of the producers and she's in the room. She was on a, uh, one of the episodes where we talked about money and we we both were like, oh, come on. Like, it's so easy to talk about abundance is your birthright. And the two of us were sort of like, we got to get into this. Like, there's there are people being laid off and yeah. we have to have reality around this. And I really find that, like, the way you talk about money is so um, honest hmm. in that you're like, I'm not uh, – we have to be real that we have to save and – yeah, uh, and that many of us were not born into money or – or are in careers that are, you know, I, I love the reality that you bring into it because that also makes me feel safe. Yes. There is because a- it's gaslighting otherwise. <laughs> yes. And we, I mean, so many people were like gaslit their entire lives. And so that's re-traumatizing to be like, I'm having an experience and now this person is telling me that that's not real. And it's the issue just with my mindset or like, you know, I've lacked consciousness and I'm like, okay, well, maybe there are pieces of that. Oh, sure. But also sometimes you have to pay your rent. And so how can we <laughs> bring in like the mystical and the physical and like, I love to marry the 3D and the 5D yeah. together. Yeah, you do a beautiful job at it. Yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Um, I've, I, I'm going to introduce you in the beginning, but I actually didn't have you introduce yourself. Oh. Who are you today? Who am I today? 
Oh my God. Well, I am, who am I today? That's a tricky question to answer. So I'm a writer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a writer and I am a thinker and I'm really like a researcher Mm. on what it means to have the fullest version of the life that we can have in this particular incarnation. Mm. So what that looks like now is I teach people how to have a better relationship with their money and how to have a better relationship with their work and time. Mm. And essentially at the end of the day, that is a conversation about power. Can you tell me more about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, Our various resources, whether they be our energy, our time, or our money, Mm. our tools of power in the world for making change or creating the reality we want to create. Mm. Um, And not power over, but power with. Like how can we power meaning the ability to do work? That's Mm. like the physics definition. Is it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you'd have to ask Mr. Biscop, who was my (laughs) senior year physics teacher, but like I'm pretty sure that's what I remember. You're not a scientist? (laughs) (laughs) I have a degree in art history. Um, Wow. Yeah, I'm totally unrelated. (laughs) You're a thinker, though. I'm a thinker. I do think about things. And I do love data. So anyway, the ability to essentially be at will, like the, uh, the ability to create something that we want to create, create a change, create an, a, something. And so that's power. And so money, time, and our work and our energy levels are ways that we can express our internal power, our life force, like mm. the, the animating force that makes it so that we're not just like these lumps of flesh, that we're like a human, like an animated soul in this body. I don't know exactly what we're doing here, but, Either. <laughs> but I mean, that right now we're just having a chat. Power. And so it's really like, what are we here to do? How can we do that in the fullest sense that we were designed to do? And so that's the, so I write books, I teach courses, I'm starting a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. Are you starting? Restarting. Restarting podcast. I was just saying we, we were talking before we got on air that for me, you, your podcast in 2016 isn't mm-hmm. that when your daughter was born? Um, she was born in 2015. Oh, so we started a podcast one year after my first daughter was born. Wow. I thought that was pretty early on. I mean, I th- I think you've you've always been on the you know. I've been I've been at this for a long time. I mean, I'm like one of the like uh online personal development geriatric people. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's been but... since like 2009, 2010. Yeah. So I've been around. Yeah. So <laughs> so when you tell me things like, oh, you know, we had a podcast. I'm like, I, I already know because I've been following you. And I like know about your daughter. Actually, I think that's pretty pertinent to the conversation mm-hmm. because a lot changed for you when you did become a mother. Yeah. Isn't that right? Like you were so already much. in the personal development space. Yes. You had already written Money, yeah. A Love Story. Yeah, Money, so. A Love Story came out in 2013. But when I had Penelope... um. It, it dramatically changed my relationship with work and with time. Um, because as you know, like, it was like, when you don't have kids, you have so much time. And I had <laughs> no idea. Um, and then I was like, WTF, like, this is really hard. Also, energy. And also anything I said prior to becoming a mom, like, let's just cross it off. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> also, like, get out the whiteout. Seriously. I, I like, apologize <laughs> to my mother all the time. Oh. oh, my grandmother. I mean, I'm embarrassed that I even wrote a book. Like, oh, I mean, it's just God. like, oh, God, I don't know what I said in there. <laughs> 
it's just really different when suddenly you have a human that you're responsible for taking care of and, and just like you have to be required to become so much more uh, boundaried and devoted yeah, and efficient. Um, and like it really dramatically, it also like being pregnant. I, I was, I'm not like a joyful, luscious, Pre- pregnant person. Um, which is weird. Cause you are really joyful and luscious when I'm not pregnant. Okay. <laughs> when I am pregnant, I'm just very tired and bloated and, and making human life, making human life. But you know, some people have the experience of like, Oh my God, I love being pregnant. Yeah. I've never felt so feminine. I've never, and I'm like, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Not my experience. So happy for so you. So I just was like so tired and, and couldn't do anything. Like I had no mental yeah. energy. I had no energy, none, no energy. And it was the first time in my life that I couldn't overcome a challenge I was having by being smarter or being, or like trying harder or yeah. being stronger. Yeah. None of my tools worked. Like yeah. none of my tricks. In pregnancy. In pregnancy. And also having a child where it was just like, I am being forced to learn what the feminine is and to learn about surrender and to ask myself the question, who am I if I'm not capable? Mm. Like, am I valuable if I'm not productive? Do I even get to exist? And so I had to come like, it was a real identity crisis. I just find it so interesting that you empower people around money, time, and energy when those three resources, key resources that sort of equal power, really dwindle right um, postpartum. They really just naturally do. Babies are expensive. Uh, You know, like (laughs) we don't sleep that much, right? These are real. And and productivity in work does decline. I think that that should just be said outright with no shame involved i would say external like results based oh you're right productivity well, i mean like you literally produce you a human are being. creating a human <laughs> i mean God, yeah Lord. when i was pregnant i was like gosh was this is so, so weird i'm not doing anything and yet i'm doing the most productive thing yeah. i've ever done so it it set off this exploration that has continued about the invisible versus the visible and how our culture right you know patriarchy is really obsessed with the mm. visible with the masculine, like what we can see results, like prove it to me. And, um, and it's why that people would be triggered by a, a, a book that says do less. Thank you. Yes. Because yes, you know, we've been indoctrinated that we are what we do. And so, and that's super masculine, right? Yes. Yeah. Which Not- doesn't make it, I don't think all men are bad just for the record. It's just like no. that idea that we would have to do more. It is possible for a man who's, body never gets sort of hijacked by but even, human life. But even men are really harmed by this idea mm. that they are. Like it's so the mask like the 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 unbalanced masculine in me is just as harmful as the unmasculine unbalanced masculine in a man or in a trans person. Like it's not really about gender. It's just yep. about the energy in us. And we just have a culture that's hyper identified with the masculine. Yeah. And we're in a time where it is really important to bring out the parts in all of us that haven't been celebrated as valuable yeah. for thousands of years, which was very much on purpose. Um, so yeah. that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I do think it's changing because I'm like backstage in this, doing this play right now uh-huh. with um, a few, like, women in their 20s and they are not taking shit good like all that stuff around show business and this is like will theater people do it this way Mm-mm, no great i'm really excited about I it i think that. like the kids are all that's right inspiring 
yeah cool it really is inspiring to to be around um a bunch of young women who are not just uh letting i don't know they're just not letting um things slide mm. in a way that i 10 years ago 15 years ago I don't know if I had to or I thought I had to, but I'm pretty sure I had to. Yeah. If I wanted to keep working. Mm, I know. It's like <laughs> know. painful. Icky. It's but so that, icky. It's icky. So but here's, icky. I was talking to my girlfriend and this morning. And exciting all at once. And I think there's a level at which like if we can learn, and I think this is advanced, but I think there's a level at which, and it obviously seems like you're doing this, this advanced practice that I just came up with this morning, mm-hmm. which is, or I just like articulated, which is like, if we can get in tune on an energetic level, and I think we can do this when we're able to regulate ourselves. And on that energetic level, like when we are regulated, there's something called, you know, co-regulation. Mm. So if my nervous system is regulated and you're dysregulated, you can regulate with mine or vice versa, because the animal part of our bodies recognizes unity And there's a level at which like a woman in her 20s that you're in a show with right now, Mm. getting to experience something that you didn't get to experience. If you can recognize that her experiencing that also means you are experiencing that on some timeline, like collapsed timeline where all time and space is now, (laughs) and that she gets to have it and therefore you too also get to have it as opposed to the bullshit thing that, you know, internalized patriarchy did, which is like set women against each other. Oh no. Yeah. And like to have older women taking down younger women and women, like all that. And so I just think it's really beautiful to celebrate that like the generation or the generations after us are going to get to experience a different experience. And I know that like, that's true of our mom's generation. I know. I I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking like, you know, I was I was thanking this girl in the dressing room in my head. <laughs> As you do. No, because I was like, I was like saying, like, that really wasn't cool. And she goes, Go tell the producer right mm. now. You really should go tell mm. him because it really wasn't cool. And I so and so I did. And I, I had a moment this morning where I was just thanking her wow. in my mind. And I thought there was a time when I would say I would sort of berate myself or the generation of women before, but who paved the way for this sweet girl, this sweet 24 year old girl to mentor me? Yeah. Who who did that? The generations of women before her. Yeah. So I had, it was such a beautiful moment. I really think that we're um, evolving past a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Um, And I'm here for it. Same. Yeah. Um, okay, back to Penelope. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be great. Our yeah. girls? Yeah. You have okay, so you have one. I have two kids. Ness is six. Uh-huh. He's uh, a, a little boy. Yeah. Um, and uh Paz is a little girl who's three and a half. Aww. Yeah, they're really sweet. I like them a lot. I like them a lot. Um Penelope is going Except, into first. Uh, or second she's grade? going into second. She'll okay. be eight in September. And Ruby just turned five in April. Yeah. Do you feel like you turned a corner having two, un- like your second one being five? Is yes. That- Actually, I felt like we turned a corner when she turned four. And oh. then there was an additional corner when she turned five. We're just and turning I and turning and turning. really feel like I was just talking to some old friends last night. And I was like, I really feel like it took me a long time to enjoy being a mom. Mm. And I finally in the last year, I'm like, oh, this is why people talk about how awesome it is. Tell I'm me. like, this is really fun. And before it was just kind of hard and boring. Mm. Um, I loved my kids, mm. obviously, from the moment they came out. Like, 
would do would die for them and also was very bored so bored and now they're really interesting and they're like funny and we can have conversations and they're just like cracking me up and they've been cute the whole time yeah but now they're also interesting and we can do way more things that i too enjoy doing um it's great i'm having a great time i I gotta tell you I, i you saying that out loud i think is like i can just hear the sigh of relief on the other end of of whoever's listening to this, because like there are people who really feel shitty about the fact that they're not enjoying every second. Ugh, every second. I know. It's a lot and of then seconds. when the older women look at you in the grocery store and they're like, "Enjoy every minute. It goes by so fast." And I'm like, "Oh my god, you enjoy every minute. <laughs> like, this sucks." Well, they're just like projecting. <laughs> I don't know. Totally. And I get it because now, even now. Mm. I see my friends with babies and I'm like, oh, it goes so fast. But I don't say that out, out No, out. you can't say That's that. That's an internal. We know that. We know that. The thing I say in my head. <laughs> but I do feel like that that level of like hard and bored, at least from the outside. And I really have been following you for a long time. I know so much about you. <laughs> um, it's it's great. Um it's just like a great bunch of knowledge I have in my mind about you and your knowledge, which is profound. I know about you. You are a thinker. I know about what you know. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> but it did feel like a breakthrough, a breakdown to break through. Yeah. Isn't that sort of what, what happened? For sure. I mean, yeah, my post-birth with, I mean, the, the pregnancy, the birth, that was a that was a year and a half of, like, dark times. That's a long time. Yeah, it was a really long time. And then, like, we had, like, a brief break, and then my husband got really sick, when, the, like, the moment my daughter Ruby was was born, the moment I pushed her I'm out. sorry, I rolled my eyes. I, was, I don't mean to no, roll my eyes at you, Mike. I have a hard eye roll for I, this so as so, well. I'm so but sorry. He, like, broke out in a full body rash, which we are still, he's still on this journey with his <sighs> skin, and it's so much better. But we've been, first, it was, like, really hard with Penelope, and then it was five years after Ruby. I mean, for her whole life, it's been a real journey. So um, just a lot of reckoning with, like, what is life actually supposed mm. to be? And, like, how do we find the joy even when, like, your husband just got hit by a car Ugh. or like can't get out of bed or, you know, your babies are having blowouts everywhere or just like whatever. So how do you, because I do experience, you walked through the door, like, I yes, I follow you on social media and you could totally be lying that whole time. I mean, I, re- I, for, I you could, but <laughs> oh, now I take your course. It would be a long, it would be hard because you do, you do show up every day, but <laughs> I take your course and you, you giggle and you're joyful and you're curious and. And you're right. Like you listed a whole bunch of shit that really went down that was not easy, but you've come to it with such joy and gusto. What is that? How? No, I think some of us are just, we're just made the way we're Oh, made. yeah? I do. I mean, I, I do think that like some people are just like a little more naturally wired towards the positive, sometimes to detriment. Like mm. one of my life lessons. Really? Yes. One of my life lessons is to really sometimes just be okay with not being okay and not like bypass it by Mm. being like, oh, it's not that bad. Mm. Or like, Mm. uh, you know, like I can really, things can absolutely suck and I can be like, I'm fine. And is it true? (laughs) 
But is it true that you would be fine? In the moment. Because I, I can't relate. The reason why is because as as everyone in this room, maybe not everyone, but definitely Marty can can attest. I can't relate. I'm like, if it's bad, it's, you just so, say it's bad. so bad. It's so bad. Because it is. I don't know. I it feels that way. Am, no, I don't realize things are bad until I'm through them. Okay. And then in retrospect, I look like when I say to you, you know, my husband broke out in a full body rash the moment my second daughter was born and then basically was like, has been some level of incapacitated ever since, even though like he comes back with a vengeance and like had two bike biking accidents in the meantime. And like, he's either been on crutches or like been massively inflamed. I mean, it's been like so crazy. And I say that out loud and I'm like, that sounds really hard, but I, but I don't, know that and I do think this is a coping mechanism okay and something I'll continue to work on with my own nervous system Uh. but it's like sometimes we can't have the capacity to feel how bad things are in the moment because then we won't have the energy to actually tend to the daily needs of like the family yeah and then it's afterwards I'll have like a breakdown like so first time Mike got sick in 2018 I don't know what was that. I don't know. I don't know what time it is, what time lines are. But um, basically, like I sat at my doctor's a time six months after. Yes, it was six months after the the worst of it. And I was like, I have no hair. Like all of my hair has fallen out. And it wasn't on the timeline of the three to four month window postpartum where like, of course, you lose your hair. That's like normal, right? With the yes. hormone fluctuations. Yes, that is it normal. wasn't that timeline. So I was like, what's going on? And she was asking me about my life and whatever. And she was like, oh, it's very common to lose your hair six to nine months after an incredibly stressful wow. event. And I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? It's like, and to me, that was sort of this symbolic thing of like my body and my whole self was like holding on, holding on, holding on. And then when it could finally exhale, all my hair fell out. Wow. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, we don't have to hold on anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which sucked because I, then I didn't have any hair, but it came back. No, your hair looks great. I think about, you know, I think about that, that how, how you like stood by him. It's beautiful. That love. Yeah. You guys are, and your partners in business, aren't Yes, you? we are. He came back and so we started, like I started off on my own, but like things really picked up speed when Mike came on board. Really? Because he's like super logistics man. Like Great. he is like the, the foundation of all foundations. Like he's systems, king of systems. So he came in, things picked up speed. Then from 2016 to like, 2020, we went through a variety of iterations. And then in 2020, he left the day-to-day operations. And then uh, through a series of unfortunate events, I basically blew some things up behind the scenes, which I won't get into, but um, it was not awesome. So you're human? Yeah. What? It was like, really, it was, it was not pretty. And I basically was like, I, I, I did, I pulled a damsel in distress and I was like, babe, I need, I need you to come back and yeah, help me but is that damsel in distress? Like, I will happily do that. Hey, and it's been great. I'm gonna call you out on that. Yeah, you just pulled a. I need help. I did. Yeah, and it's been like I told my it's daughter been good pause. for our marriage. Honestly, I, great. <laughs> yeah, because he can hold you. Yeah, and he's just like, let me, let me come in there. Let me, let me fix that for you. Like, I love very that so much. To like when I break my computer, and he's, he's like, just. Get out of your chair. Let me, I'll fix it for you. Go get yourself a cup of tea and come back and I'll, it'll be fixed. I love that. So, anyway, so right now, yeah, he's been back in the day-to-day running operations for like nine months mm. and it's awesome. I have to believe though that some of 
what is getting you through hard times, although now it seems pretty pretty chill. Yeah, we're in a pretty stable Good. time. He's having Good. a skin flare, but he'll, he'll be okay. You know what? That's his skin. Yeah. Totally. Oh, my God. And that's been the thing also. And I think this this is maybe just like a marriage lesson and probably a parenting lesson, too, mm. is like the well. And I had taught I don't know how caught you up you are on relaxed money, but that exercise I like, taught the other day of like it, it's called. So previews of coming attractions. Great. It's, it's, it's called. I have to take it slow. She told me she told the class you could take it slow. In fact, that is a yeah. nervous system informed. Yeah. Um, totally. Way of doing this. And for me, I need to take it. Totally. I love that. Thank you. And I also have a lot of idea density. So like a lot comes out in those sessions. I know. It's why I thought I sat down and I was like, (laughs) the fuck are we going to talk about? This woman has endless, endless (laughs) ideas. I mean, I mean, so much research. Anyway, go on. So this This could go on for literally ever. This I came up with is called where, where do I begin and end? And so it's inspired by this practice I was taught by my, our holistic pediatrician, which is like basically doing like a, a squeeze. Do you do that on your it's kids? It's a deep tissue like massage or? Kind of, yeah. But it's also like really good for kids with sensory issues. Yes. And my it my sister out, does it. Okay. Yeah. It's really great. So okay, you, if you're watching like, on YouTube, you can see us squeezing our arms and you guys can try it now too yeah, if you'd like. You can do your whole body. So I led everyone in the class through the whole thing. But so that's like a literal like nervous system healing technique, which I invented. So, you know, like, feel free to you didn't ch- fact it. check me. This I've, one, I've done that. I've done that um, at OT. Like my sister. Really? Okay, good. So yeah. I intuitively tuned into it. You know what That's you did helpful. was you took something that, you know, kids do. Yeah. Or or we do as a therapeutic method and for kids to chill them to out adults. when they're having a freak out. You just applied yeah. it to adults because it turns out we're just like we're bigger. Same, same, same. So totally. Yeah. True. So feels nice and when I'm, I'm we're, when you're talking about like oh it's my husband's skin it's not mine that's been a huge growth for me of like he can be having a hard time <clears throat> and I can he stay in my good time and that doesn't mean I'm abandoning him mm. it doesn't mean I'm being like a bitch it doesn't like it doesn't help and this is just true like we cannot get sick enough to help sick people we cannot get miserable enough to help miserable people. I'm not saying my husband's miserable. He's not. But like, that's just like just true. And I think um, we have, uh, some of us have misunderstood and have been misled about what compassion means. And sometimes the most compassionate thing we can do is actually like maintain and cultivate our own joy and well-being mm-hmm. so that we can raise the tone of the situation as opposed to like all go down together. Yeah. I'm pausing just so that we can right. underline that because that feels so important. <sighs> so important. I remember you writing about that. You said, mm. you know, Mike was in an accident and guess what I did? I went ahead and took care of myself because the doctors were taking care of him. And like, there's no amount of you being um, upset that's going to ever make him better he's better now i'm just to let the audience know like he's better now he's he still walks with a limp but he's got like a little swag but he's like a sexy it's a sexy limp nice yeah yeah it is it is it's kind of cute so happy for him like slightly dragging a leg oh my god yeah (laughs) i love it yeah i'm funny i know um i love that so much i i think you you, um answered a question on relaxed money the other day which was there was a a woman and and i know people like this i'm not one of them but i know people like this who feel tremendous guilt about having um an inheritance yeah this and is very common mm-hmm. 
maybe talk about it. And and I think it, it this beyond money has a lot to you know to do with if you're beautiful, if you're healthy, mm. if you're uh, privileged in any way. Right. So when we get into the conversation mm. about privilege, whether it's about class, race, gender, there's so you know ability, beauty. We don't talk about beauty privilege nearly enough. But mm. anyway. Because it's a whole thing, right? The whole thing. And like, what does beauty even mean? Whole other conversation. But like, so I think unfortunately, there's a part of the conversation and a way that the conversation can go that can essentially say the best way to handle your privilege, it's it's misunderstood of like, you should feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. Or shame, which is- Guilt or shame about it. And what I've really realized is feeling guilt or shame about privilege, you can acknowledge your privilege and also use it for good. Mm -hmm. But feeling guilty or shameful about it helps zero people. It's, it's the, op I mean, the opposite. It hurts it, people. It hurts people. It also centers you. It's like a whole thing. And um, that's not really what today's conversation is about, <laughs> but it is really important to realize like financially speaking, yeah, resources are meant to flow. Money is not meant to accumulate and stagnate. Money is like water. Water is meant to flow. When it stagnate, stagnates, it gets toxic and unhealthy and full of like yucky stuff. Money is the same. So money is meant to move. It is a whole energetic flow system. Mm. And so that doesn't mean if you have money in the bank and you have prudent reserves and like you have money in investments that there's a problem, but it is to start thinking about like, how could I run the current through my life mm. to then move towards essentially investing in the world in a way that's in alignment with my values that's right. and my commitment. Right, because there are places in the world that need that money. And if you're right. the one holding it, then by and all means. if you're means, sitting there <clears throat> spending your energy and time feeling guilty about your inheritance, you are helping exactly zero people. The other thing that I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing I'm learning from you is that you know when you're dysregulated, when you are in a shame spiral, when you are feeling guilty, you're way more likely to run through CVS buying shit you don't need. Yeah. And, but trust me, CVS does not need your money, you know, as yeah. much as, you know, someone, someone, someone else might. So I think the, the idea that I'm learning is that when we can regulate our systems through these body based practices, which I find brilliant we can put our money towards places that we can feel good about mm -hmm. and that the world itself can heal around. Yeah, that we can use our money as a living prayer towards the vision we would like to leave for our kids. Mm. And that comes down to how do we spend our money? And like we can get more refined about this at over time. Like the first step is just to get a little bit conscious about, you know, I used to be a profound financial avoider. So I just didn't look at it. And I just thought like, you know, you just start, if I don't look at it, then like more will come in. Somehow I thought like abundance meant mentality was like not paying attention that like if I was paying attention, it meant I was in lack consciousness. Well, someone else in that Q&A call said, well, when I look at it, it gets worse. And all I could think was like when I used to count calories, every time I would count calories, uh -huh. I would like really go over the calories 
Because when you, you said your response to that was sometimes things get worse before they get better because when you do, do. and it depends on how we're doing it. Right. So are we looking at our money from a place of freak out and when we're and dysregulated and feeling like I'm bad, I'm wrong. I'm judging myself. Oh God, there's a problem. Or are we looking at it from the perspective of just like, Oh cool. Like let me open the fridge and see what's in here. So if we can find practices to find a, place of neutrality, which is same as nervous system regulation Mm. or, you know, adjacent, Um, then we can approach our money steps from more of a neutral place. And that Mm. does change the results. Like the way we do things really impacts the result we get. So it's not just about what are the action steps. It's about how are we showing up for the action steps? Mm. Because the way we feel as we're doing something really impacts what we get when we do it. Can you tell me more about that? Because it sounds woo-woo, but is it more practical than I really am thinking? Yeah. So like, let's pretend you Not were that going in is for an audition, bad. right? Let's say. So let's say in a hypothetical life, <laughs> you were auditioning for something. <laughs> and so you go, you, so you go into the audition and you have had a fight with your partner Ugh. and like your kids were screaming and Ugh. wouldn't put their shoes on. And then you forgot your keys and you spilled your coffee on your outfit. And, and then you're just like, oh, life isn't going my way. Nothing goes my way. I, you know, like I'm like, people think these things, right? Like I'm cursed. I'm whatever. Right. Like, of course. Right. And, and, and maybe your language isn't I'm cursed, but like, why does nothing ever go my way? Sure. What's wrong with me? I'm such a fuck up whatever oops am i anyway i really no I, we, okay. we've cursed a, a, a plenty amount of times okay great so far <laughs> <laughs> um so then you go into the audition and there's a certain energy of you around mm. you as you walk out on stage also and just the sound of my voice like the stomping cer- yeah the there's stomp. a certain energy there's a and there's a certain way that our thoughts do create biochemical reactions and that our energy and the way we're rushing or not rushing, the way we're breathing or not breathing, the clenching or not, like all of those things do create biochemical reactions in our bodies. And then those biochemical reactions, I mean, yes, there's like changes your aura and all these other things and that's energetic. But <laughs> not that I don't mean to discount them. 3D, I only mean to reach out to whoever is yeah, not of course, into it. In a 3D way, like, you know, You can either take the time to reset yourself and change the way you're going to show up for that audition, or you can show up for that audition and bring everything with you. And you know, everyone in that room is going to feel it. So by the way, I've, I've had, I, oh my God, I went into ABC once and I was like, oh, ask me if I ever went in again, because I like couldn't get down the stairs because there was so much snow and I was nervous. It was like a big pilot audition. And what was I thinking like off gassing my toxic load on the casting director. But we don't, but we right? all do it. I mean, we've all done it. You're just, we're she literally, dysregulated. I was dysregulated. We don't have the bandwidth. And like, pe- listen, like I know in, you know, in your business, I don't know as much about your business, but like in you kind of the business of entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Like, we know people who get word on the street that they're awful to work with. They're, by the way, they're nervous. I just realized that those people who are nerve, who are who are awful to work with, like you know, and I've, they're nervous. I've met them yeah, and I've hung out sense. with them and blah blah blah. Um, they're nervous. Yeah. They're dysregulated. Right. They want so badly to do well. Right. I mean, last night, I, people that I know have known for a long time, I could see them go. Shrink, 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 shrink. They are brilliant on stage. Right. Brilliant, beautiful, generous. And 
they were just nervous yeah, no one's and they were some shitty mean things but like yeah <laughs> i know but usually like we do shitty mean things <laughs> cuz we're dysregulated we're dysregulated and 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 our and or we're and and or like also yeah well dysregulated because we are up against being at the edge of our capacity oh tell me about the capacity and yeah. then we do have to round out okay great I know, I know it's <laughs> but we did go a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> so Tell Darden, who's one of my favorite somatics nervous system teachers, talks about something she calls the range of resonance. And I've also heard of it talked about as the range of um, capacity or the range of regulation. Mm. But I really like the word resonance. Yeah. So the range of resonance is like your nervous system's capacity to experience something new or unusual and 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 be have a suppleness. And sort of like a trampoline and be able to like boing. <laughs> I know? see that in you so much, Kate. Oh, thank you. It's thank such you. a gift. So when we don't, when we're out of our range of resonance, we go into hyper, which is like hyperactivity. Let me go into like, I'm anxious. I'm stressed. I'm going to clean the grout of my bathroom with a Q-tip, mm. like that sort of behavior. Or hypo, which is like, I'm under the covers for three days. That's and me. I'm in collapse. That's, so there's hypo. I, like, I love that and one. And there's hyper. Yeah. And some I've of never us, cleaned a day in my some life. Some of us do both. Oh, okay. Yeah. But some of us are more one leaning or the other. And yeah. so the hypers are more fight flight. The hypos are more freeze fawn in terms of, para, uh, in terms of sorry, sympathetic nervous system responses, which is sympathetic is like we're freaked out. Parasympathetic is I'm safe. So our desire is to regulate ourselves, not so that we're always calm, but so that we always feel like, not always, but like as much as possible, we feel like we are at choice with the way we're responding to life. And that is your range of, a range of resonance, your, mm. your capacity building. So like when people act like assholes, it's because they're usually at the edge of their capacity and they just, no one told them and they don't have the tools because most of our parents had no idea either. And they were also raising us in a dysregulated state. And, um, and so, you know, it's no one's fault. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, only, I know this more. Do you, I don't know if you feel this way, and and um, I, I know we we only have five minutes, but I, but I do feel like when I see my kids dysregulated, and I can have compassion for them, and I can say like, you know, the other day there were, the sky was literally literally orange, and my son is this like bright. I mean, my daughter also. They were like freaked out, and they were with you know they were with my mom and I told her I was like get their hands mm -hmm. in baking mm -hmm. I don't care you know I could Art. see their dysregulation yeah I could manual. see manual yeah I could see their dysregulation I could be compassionate about it yeah. were they being assholes I mean to I mean, the naked yes. eye <laughs> to the naked it eye yeah it depends on what story you're telling about right it. exactly so when I see adults acting the same way and, and it doesn't really matter how old they are they are I, I don't have to say it's it's not okay no. To be rude or mean or come into the casting director and dump my problems onto her. It's not okay. But now I have an idea of why that's happened. Yeah. And for my own self, and I'm still working on it, it it's still something you work on every day. Oh it's my not like, gosh. You, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like brushing your teeth. You don't just do it once. Like nervous system regulation is daily hygiene. Yeah. So I, so we work on it. And the more compassion we have for someone else, the more we realize, like, that's their skin. That's their aura. Right. That's their stuff. Right. I have my own. Yeah. And here's what's so cool. The only way we could possibly ever hope to change somebody, which we never will, mm. but 
if we were to ever inspire somebody or rub off on them, because I get this question a lot, like, what if my husband isn't in person into personal development? Like I want to do all this stuff, but my partner, this, or my, you know, my mom, that, or like, da, da, da. you just have to keep your eyes on your own paper. However, the really cool thing is regulated people regulate, regulate people. people. Yeah. I see that in you. You're the tuning fork in your That's family right. and mean, also in your business. I'm not every day, but I do my best. <laughs> Where are you doing your best these days so we can find you? Um, so Instagram's a great place to connect, mm -hmm. at Kate Northrup. And um, you can also, if you're feeling like any kind of pressure in your life around time or money or productivity or your career, um, I, have a little, I have a pressure relief kit mm. that I created. It's free, and you can go over to katenorthrup.com. And you can download it. And it is six of my favorite strategies for relieving pressure without your external circumstances needing to change. And number six is about your nervous system. So mm. I'll give you like a specific practice to try in there. Cool. I'm so glad. Kate, thank you. Thanks for having me. This I'm going to so fun. I'm going to see you every week for the next year. You won't Yay. see me, but I'm really grateful for relaxed money and for everything you do. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being you. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Mom Curious Podcast. My name is Daniela Ravani. I am your host. And I would love to continue this conversation at Daniela Ravani on Instagram. And if you'd be so kind to rate and review, share this podcast, I would be just really grateful. Catch you next time, every Tuesday on the Mom Curious Podcast. Produced by Hoff Studios. You can find them at Hoff Studios on Instagram as well. All right. Have a great day.